0: with AI Hunter. Sign up for a personal demo today at securityweekly.com forward slash ACM. Welcome to Security Weekly. I'm your host, Matt Alderman. We are recording live on day three of RSA Conference 2020. We're in broadcast alley in Moscone West. And joining me for this interview is a really good friend, Ed Bellis, co-founder, chief technology officer at Kenna Security. Indeed. Welcome. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you for having me. Uh pleasure, pleasure. Um you, you know when I talk about Kenna Security, I remember the early days. Yeah. You were a customer at Qualys way back in the day. Mm-hmm. You were, at, I think, at Orbitz at the That's time. Right. Yeah. 2009, I remember meeting yeah. you, and then you went off and, and, and started this whole thing that is now Kenna Security. Uh, and so it's great to have watched the progress of Kenna over the years. I have a ton of respect for the team, as you know, yeah. um, and what you guys have built uh Let's start a little bit. Any updates on Kenna security first, like you want to share with with people? Because I, I saw you guys did a press release, I think last week or earlier That's this right. week. I can't remember. My weeks kind of merged with RSA conference, but just tremendous continued growth. Yeah, so absolutely.
1: Yeah, we put out our press release. I. I- Think you're right. I think it was last week. Um, but just talking about the growth we did over 80% growth again uh, last year. We continue to have a lot of success in the mid and large enterprise. We uh, established a part- a big partnership with VMware, mm-hmm. uh, where we're sitting inside of App Defense and uh, providing vulnerability information as well as scoring and prioritization for the vulnerabilities that all uh, reside within App Defense as well. Uh, we did some partnerships. Um, uh, who was the, the the other big one we did? Uh, we're, we're working on some things with um, I, I think I want to say is Avanti oh, okay. um, that that we did a little bit with as well um we raised our series d uh as you might know yes uh, we covered by, that yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so Sorensen capital came in ken Elephant is now uh, on our board he's been great uh we also brought in uh city ventures and hsbc who actually converted from they started as a customer and then ultimately became uh an investor in ken as well in that last round that's great yeah.
0: now when we think about medium to large enterprise kind of your sweet spot um they're still struggling with traditional vulnerability management at the end of the day, right? They most certainly are. There, right? So. I, look, I've worked for two of the big three. Everybody knows this. I, it, 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 there's no secret, right? But this has been a challenge for a long time, 15 plus years of how do you prioritize the right vulnerabilities to drive the right remediation activities in organizations, small, medium, too large, yeah. right? But when you think about large organizations, 10,000 plus devices, up to millions of devices, yep. This, the scale of, of what they have to deal with is massive. What do organizations need to look at, right, to kind of get a better investment on their VM solutions mm-hmm. and drive to better prioritization, better actionability out of that data?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. In fact, we did a joint study with uh, Scientia Research recently. And one of the things that we had looked at was was their actual remediation capacity, right? Mm. Is, all right, how many vulnerabilities can you actually remediate as they're thrown at you? And then we look at that, and we also look at critical vulnerabilities. And in the report section, we're actually defining critical as anything where we know about some sort of weaponized exploits, or we're seeing some sort of exploitations in the wild. So the likelihood of something happening goes up uh, in any given company the, the the interesting stat was whether they were really small hundred assets or they had a million assets across the board it was roughly one in ten they could fix right one so in ten one in ten so ten percent we measured all the way up to the top performers the very best of the best were about one in four, 25%. Nobody could do more than that, no matter the size of the organization, which is really interesting. So if you're going to only fix, at best, 25% of your volumes, you gotta be pretty picky and choosy about which ones you're gonna do because those better be the ones that don't uh, end up in some sort of an event. So I'm curious,
0: capacity, Mm -hmm. what limits that capacity? Is it just resources or... Maybe we don't have the right tooling and automation and workflows to do yeah. this more efficiently because ten to twenty-five percent is pretty low, is. considering the number of vulnerabilities that a vulnerability scanner will return. And, and to your point, if if I can't really identify the highest priorities, you know that that's scary but what's the limitations on the capacity? Did you sure. cover that at we, all? We did actually in volume
1: four, which was the most recent volume. Uh, we took a lot of the data that we were looking at and just in terms of the outcome metrics, like how mm-hmm. how much remediation they're, they're actually doing, how quickly they're remediating, things like that. And we combined it with the softer metrics that we didn't previously have access to. So we actually started to survey and, and talk to all of these customers and saying, okay, what makes up your vm program right how are you do you have patch management solutions in place right. do you do auto patching uh, are you is it mostly manual are there multiple teams involved who are they that are involved what's do you have slas and, and and how aggressive or non-aggressive are those slas all of these things so and then we combined that with the actual outcome data to say okay these are the things that actually you found have at least some correlation to mm-hmm. maybe mattering versus others that actually in some cases had negative correlation or it made it worse. Um, so t- to your point, right, having some sort of patch management and solution in place was really big as you would imagine. Yes. Um, I would also tell you that in general, uh, people do things like remediate Windows vulnerabilities a lot better than they do Linux and, and certainly a lot better than they do like a Java vulnerability mm-hmm. or pa- Apache or Tomcat. Or so third-party software yeah. is a big gap. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's because it's harder, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so some of the things that we actually saw were having an SLA in place made a big difference. Uh, having
0: an aggressive SLA in place didn't matter at all. Oh, interesting. Uh, So if if you have an SLA that says, we're going to patch every critical vulnerability in 48 hours versus we're going to patch... All vulnerable, you know, all, uh, you know, high vulnerabilities and third, no real yeah, correlation. No, not, not, not really at all. There, there was a
1: big jump between not having an SLA at all and having one. And then the, the, the difference between being aggressive or not aggressive was, was very little. Negligible. And I, I think in some ways you, you think about it, it, in some cases, they're probably overly aggressive, which could hurt them. Because uh, oh, you get into the situations where it's like, I can't do that, right? There's, uh, you can't meet that SLA and you get frustrated teams. Uh, we are ch- trying to do patch management and the remediation, and it's like, guys, you're, you're making it unrealistic. And you get back to that age-old age old problem that we tried to solve when we first came in, which is you're know, dumping a 500-page PDF report on right. somebody's desk and say,
0: here, go fix all yes. this. I can't, Right, okay? exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about prioritization, because I think this is the really interesting thing that Kenna does extremely well con- compared to everybody else, right? In that, if I can only patch, 10 to 25% of critical vulnerabilities and a critical vulnerability, not just being a CVSS score above seven or whatever number you want to place on it. How do you really drive identifying where the real criticality is Mm -hmm. to optimize what they can actually work on
1: yeah absolutely so under the hood i mean what we're looking at is a lot of threat and exploit intelligence that we're collecting across the internet through sensors through partnerships with managed service providers sims etc and we're looking at a lot of telemetry about uh, the attacks on those vulnerabilities, right? So, and we're measuring successful attacks and we're m- measuring volume and velocity of those as well. Okay. So there's a big difference of whether or not this, you know, this vulnerability got exploited once last month or it's getting hit 20,000 times an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of spraining prey, as, as you know, would go yes. across the internet. Um, we also are gonna look and say, all right, is there malware that's, that's tied to this? How much of it and how often and, and things like that. But I also want to know about the asset that it affects, right? So where does that sit on your network? How exposed is it? How important is it to you? What business processes are running off that asset? All the metadata about that to say, Mm I I, want to know not just about likelihood, I need to know about impact as well, right? And then put all that together. So what we personally do is we attach a zero to 1,000 risk score to every single asset and every single application. But then we're going to combine all of that data and turn it on its head because what we want to really know is what do you have to do, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, Mm -hmm. this is a list of problems, but give me a list of solutions and hopefully a short list of solutions. So we take all of that data, turn it on its head and say for any given group of assets or applications and you define how you do that is here's your prescribed bang for your buck list of things that you can do that's going to reduce that risk the most with the least amount of
0: effort and i imagine it's based on the critical vulnerabilities in that group that's right uh john strand talks about this in on enterprise security weekly said look if if you're doing an export by asset you're doing it upside down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right what you want to know is what are those critical vulnerabilities in in really export it out the other way based on vulnerabilities because then you know when you solve this, it, it solves all these downstream activities. So That's you're right. doing the same thing. Right. Business context is driving the criticality of the asset and the risk score in the asset. Right. But then when you flip it, you're saying, to protect this group of assets, these are the top two or three things that you can yeah. do that minimizes the most risk. That's Is that right. really the way I think That's it? right.
1: I mean, you can think of it as, what's the most likely event to occur across these mm-hmm. group of assets? And what's the impact if if that does indeed happen, right? And we wanna make sure that the most likely and the biggest impact things are getting eliminated across that group of assets. And by the way, you can have bang for your buck effects in the fact that, oh, it's actually, that I have the same vulnerability on a thousand assets, right? right. And I can wipe it off off all 1,000 assets by pushing out this patch through SCCM as an example or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Has there been interest in Kenna closing that loop? (laughs) Because it's interesting, right? If you look at some of your competitors or the traditional role management vendors, Mm -hmm. you're starting to see this interesting patching component start to come into their solutions, right? And again, you've got this really great prioritized data. Are customers looking for Kenna to provide that patching yeah. and, and closing that loop, because look, wh- when I traveled around the world for Tenable, for yeah. example, right? Yeah. I mean, all customers wanted was a simple closed loop patch management process. Mm-hmm. If I scanned it and I saw a vulnerability and I knew that there was a patch, can you apply the patch, rescan, and call it a day, yep. right? Are you seeing the same thing from your customer base yet or not? We do,
1: I think it, it depends a lot on the tech. Like I said, they're also really, you see our customers, you know, they're managing SCCM and they yeah. Windows are okay, and then as soon as they get off of Windows, it's like, Oh, my God, what are we doing here? (laughs) Right. Right. Um, So we'd like to take that Switzerland approach, not only on the assessment side, but on the patch management side as well. So we're talking to other vendors, uh, some of them here on the show floor about how could we integrate with you guys. And there's a lot of- I hope
0: you're talking to my buddies at Automox. We are indeed. I love We are
1: indeed. Because they're cross-platform. Yep. 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 Absolutely. And one of the things that we also find is there's, there's not only a patching problem or a prioritization problem, but there's a workflow problem yes. across all of that as well, right? right? So how do you manage it when first I've gotta go and get this change approved, and then it's gotta go test it in a certain environment, and then you patch there, and then it gets kicked back to a different uh, status, if you will, and it goes through the same approval process again before it makes it into production.
0: Yeah, how do you tie all of that together? Right. That's, that's key. Yeah. It's yeah. still a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Where are you with ARM, uh, the application risk management uh module
1: uh, yeah. funny you should ask we we actually are uh i believe dan is going to allow me to say this uh but it's called <laughs> kenna.appsec now so we're changing oh, the name to, it. okay to, okay to, but fair enough yep yep absolutely so we have we have been putting a lot of resources it's it's one of our highest uh, amount of uh, both product and engineering resources are going into that appsec product right so we're starting to take on more and work with more of the container assessment uh, yep. folks right uh-huh. so both static and dynamic uh, uh, container assessments it's it's interesting one of the things we've really been diving in with our customers and how they're using containers and one it's all over the
0: board <laughs> yeah right um, i know um, but, but I, ask paul we yeah. you know, our journey into containers has been interesting ourselves for our own software so i can imagine what's, um, what else is out there <laughs> it's crazy and, and, and but i would
1: say if you were to and the, again we're we're little bias are skewed towards the enterprise. So it's a lot of large companies for the most part. Um, You see a lot of early journeys into their container world where they're actually, it's almost like a VM replacement for them and they're very long lived. And very heavy. They actually, they, they will patch containers and it's like, Wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it blows our ops <laughs> guys mind. He's like what? what the, why are they doing that? No, why just are they doing that? Blow that away and throw in another <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, right?
0: They're supposed to be ephemeral, but I guess they're not. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I would say, you know, 80 20 70 30 uh right now with most of them right now still being long-lived, but yeah. we know that's changing, right? But that affects then how do we manage that within Kenna.apps.com, right. right? So um, so we got to treat it, do we need to treat it as more of an ephemeral thing and say, okay, this is the static image of this mm-hmm. container and this is where it's deployed in production and I, I care a little bit about that, but you already know about that because you're using Kubernetes or something else right, to right. manage that. So you need to be able to fix this and issue a pull request or whatever and yeah, then pull and push that out. Um, but then how do I manage the ones where you're actually, I, I almost got to treat it just like a, another network asset, right? right. Because you're just going to patch it just like you do as if it's a VM or anything else. That's right.
0: Out there, right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Now, are you correlating data across, I, I, I think you are, right? Where you can get host vulnerability data, correlate that into some of the application yeah. vulnerabilities. And r- do you use that data across to also help? change the risk scoring across those assets yeah yeah okay.
1: we absolutely do so what what you'll do is you can customers can kind of build uh, an application portfolio within the product and you might have stuff that's coming in from container assessments or dynamic or static analysis we also have sca integration so yeah. you know, those guys as well Um, bug bounty, whatever it is, and then you can define it and say, and by the way, here's all the infrastructure that's used to to serve up this application and you can combine that all together. We'll give you a risk score for that, but we're going to break it down as you get to the remediation level, right? So here's your risk. Here's what you often see is like, They'll break up. We have something called risk meter groups, which think of it as our asset or application groups within the product. Um, And it's often tied to a team that's responsible for remediation. As you get into the application world, a lot of that's going to go off to the developers, but you might still have some infrastructure stuff that's going off to
0: ops. So when you do that flip on its head, it's like, okay, you got... Two application critical uh, vulnerabilities. It goes to op or to dev, and then oh yeah, I got a couple host base. That's my Kubernetes or yep. the servers running my Kubernetes. These need to be fixed. And when you do that, the the overall risk right. score that's for the absolutely. whole unit goes down. That's right. That's right. And we can
1: basically loosely couple all of that together because it's usually a many to many relationship when you're talking about yes, applications right. and infrastructure. Yeah. So and and they'll especially in the container based world. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> especially in the container
0: based yeah. world. And then. How you doing? Where's cloud fit into this? The cloud assets are, are they coming in as traditional VM scans? If you're running infrastructure as a service, yeah. but then you know I'm, I'm curious how like platforms and other services yeah. come in, in the mix.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We definitely see all the the big three guys are uh, Tenable, Qualys, Rapid Seven are, are doing assessments out in the cloud. Yeah, but we'll also see like you know Inspect. I was Inspect from from AWS yeah. and, yeah, and things like that. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, things like that are coming in as well. Um, we don't really care where they come in from, right? We're going to manage them and we'll just technically on the, on the, on, Underneath the hood, right? It's like it's a different asset identifier. It's like an ECA2 identifier or something yeah, like yeah. that versus, uh, okay. so, so I can still collect and correlate and, and dedupe and do all the things that we need to do with that. Yeah.
0: Um, but we don't care if it's in the cloud or on prem or wherever it is. Yeah. Right. When I talk to financial analysts, because a lot of people call me, like, what's the difference between Qualys and Tenable and Rapid7 and all this other yeah. stuff? And inevitably, there's an interesting conversation about who's looking at vulnerability management holistically. I think of the traditional vulnerability management really focused still really heavily on the device vulnerability, host-based vulnerability, yeah. where we're seeing a lot of a move to application vulnerabilities in lots of different tools, right? I mean, there's there's SAST vendors that are doing static analysis, you have software composition analysis, you have dynamic scanners, you have the container security folks, both at the static and the dynamic layer. And when you think about holistic, modern vulnerability management, it is understanding all of these vulnerabilities across all these different asset classes and really understanding how all that comes together and i think that's where kind of provides a lot of value Mm -hmm. over the single point solutions because now you can bring all that data together and really really get some good prioritization where where is risk across that entire uh infrastructure
1: yeah i mean obviously we believe that you have to do that and as as you said everything is moving to the app whether it's uh, static analysis, dynamic analysis, or SCA or or whatever, and even uh, pre-production but also post-production and coming in through bug bounties and things like that. We're starting to see GitHub get involved in doing things with the PandaBot and and things like that. So they're coming in from all of these different directions and you need to be able to have that holistic view uh, to really understand the risk of that application or that group of applications.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Booth number, you're Moscone South no north oh north sorry you are north 6140 you got it 6140 so if you want to see Kenna security live in action go to moscone north 6140 ed thank you so much for joining us. thank you matt really appreciate it thank you everyone thank you for watching listening we'll see you soon